Sean Mice here for a live coaching, and let's take Kristen first. Kristen, you're live. Hey, Sean. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Okay, my question is is um, looking forward. Um, that your training was really challenging. Thank you. I need that. I need to chew on it. Um, but I guess one of the most important things for me going forward is to try and, you know, increase um, responsiveness on the baby list, and we've talked about increasing prices and things. I feel like, you know, I feel like I've got the good foundation there. I've got the traffic. I'm getting the subscribers. Now I just want to see more for my work, I guess. Um, and I guess the question I had intended to come to the call with was, like, for this month, looking forward this month, should, do you think I should try and kind of do some of the same strategies that we did last month? I really think, um, like, just in the past several days, I've seen lots of sales come in for my six-week course, even on the tail of, of an affiliate promotion that the course was included in for a fraction of the price. But I've made several full-price sales, um, and I think some of that is due to the price point testing that we've been doing um, and then some of that I'm wondering, is that related to the engagement that we've done? Scott helped me clean my list up, so we kicked off about 2K subscribers who hadn't opened in 30 days, especially since they hadn't opened during that really intense kind of engagement campaign that you had me do. And so I guess I'm wondering, should I continue with that engagement? Should I think about, like, could I do a class a week or a training a week along with the engagement? Should I start thinking about strategically increasing the prices or testing increased prices on those. I guess I'm just kind of trying to picture what, you know, what is even this week, what should this week look like, what should next week look like as far as emails go to my list and just working on increasing sales. Okay, so let me ask you this first. When you talk about increasing the engagement, you know, doing engagement work, what is, what, is, what is that? What part of what we worked on is that engagement that you're talking about? So when, when I think about that, I'm thinking, I, think, I feel like I'm doing pretty well with, like, the daily email that's giving really good quality content. So, like, that aspect, of, I guess that's kind of almost more passive engagement. But then last month when you had me do where I sent out, like, do you have a question? I've got an hour. Shoot me your question and I'll answer it just that really much more interactive kind of on-the-ground level of building goodwill, even like you teach, even with the people who don't send a question, they're assuming that I'm answering other people's questions, and sometimes I send an email out like, well, 16 people asked me the same question, so here's the answer. You know, so just doing that kind of really, really in there, building that, that goodwill actively, I guess. And so here's the thing, Kristen. I want to share two things. Number one, you're feeling like perhaps that had an impact on the sales this month, right? Yeah. And so that alone might lead you to want to continue to do that. But you've been following me a long time. And do I do that just once a year or when I feel like it? How often do I do that kind of engagement with my list? Mm, I see it pretty frequently. So I can't tell you that that's the best thing to do for your list. But I can tell you that I've done it pretty much every month for the last 10 years. I believe in it. I can't tell you that that's going to be the best thing for you to do. 
But I can tell you that I do it. I did it yesterday. I will probably do it again in the next week or two. It's a natural and normal part of my daily email process. I want people engaged. If people are just reading my emails and they are not engaged, I am not changing their life. I'm in this business to change lives. I'm in this business to change lives. Yes, i got to get paid for it, but I am in this business to change lives because there's lots of other things I could do and get paid. I'm in this business to change lives. So the second thing is, when you communicate with people better, you discover exactly what people need, and what people need is not always the same thing that you've been selling. Did you notice that last month? Yeah. I well, Like I shared with you then, a lot of the questions that I got are pretty similar to the same questions that I get any time I send out something like that. So... There may have been a few things that came up, but I really felt like a lot of it was stuff that I had already addressed through various products. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's good. That's good. And so then finally, when we talk about raising prices, you know, the thing is, you can test for a few more months or you can look at your results and make a decision. The, the problem, the challenge with tons of price testing is that no matter how hard you try it, you're going to get people, your higher-priced promotions are actually going to drive lower-priced sales. And so at the end of the month, you're going to see that that half of your sales are high-priced, and then half or more are low-priced. Why? Because people have seen the high price. Now you offer them something low-priced, and they, they eat it up. And so you're, by, by constantly split testing, you're skewing your results because you're increasing the number of low-ticket sales that will occur. And there's, there's no – I can't tell you what is exactly best for your business and what may be safest for you. You know, it, this, is, this is almost like a salary for you. So there's a conservativeness that we have to have in your business that sometimes for somebody just starting out we don't have to have as much of. Okay, and so I don't want to suggest that you just raise all your prices across the board, but if you've got the stomach for it and you did that for a month, you might find that total revenue goes up. And remember, because of the fact that if you do raise prices for three weeks, sales go, total revenue goes down a little bit, now you're in a position to do an amazing bundle sale for a fifth of the average price, and, and, and it will, the conversion will be incredibly high because you have kind of stoked the flame. You know, am I suggesting that you not continue to split test for the next three months and get yourself some definitive results? No, I'm not suggesting that. You've got to make that decision either way. And I don't know that that's a bad decision. But I want you to know that when you look at the results, know that some people are not buying the full-priced item because tomorrow they're getting an offer that is also a split test offer for something different. But because of randomness, they happen to see the low-priced version of, 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 that particular item. I tell you, the thing that you could do if you really, really wanted to do a real-world split test, and I would never recommend this to anybody else but you, and the reason for that is because I know that that Scott knows Infusionsoft inside and out, 
and and he can do it at the same time, this could be an amazing amount of time investment that you probably that you may not even want to do, but I certainly wouldn't recommend it to anybody else. Not at this point. What what you could do is you could split your entire list into two segments. Randomize it in some way, but it doesn't have to be perfectly random, but randomize it. Split your list into two segments and then put half the list into a high-priced campaign so that they never see the low-priced offers. Put half the list into a low-priced campaign so they never see the high-priced offers. So basically your existing campaign, split test against a higher-priced campaign and see what happens. And, and we won't know until what happens happens. It takes about three to four weeks for revenue to reach the same level when you when you jump prices. It takes about three to four weeks. But after that, revenue becomes easier to generate. And the beautiful thing is, once you raise your prices once a month, you can have a big three-day sale at a low price, and you make a lot of sales, and then you close it down. These A lot of the people that have bought now at this lower price see what you're worth, and then next month they may go in to purchase at the higher price. The second thing that having higher prices is going to allow you to do is to fill up your membership. The problem with your membership is your membership is a higher price than your average product. A membership should be a lower price than your average product. If a membership is a lower price than your average product, you know, almost half your revenue should be from your membership. And it's not because you don't promote your membership. I believe the biggest thing is that your membership is higher priced than your products. And so people say, I'll just buy the product instead of the membership. Now, obviously, I may have some of these numbers a little bit messed up. It just depends on exactly what I've seen and where. But I hope that I've given you some things to chew on so that you can, you can make a decision about what looks like a good plan. The final thing I want to give you is that you're noticing sales of your six-week program right now, even though you're hardly promoting it. My guess is that's a signal for us to tell you. You see, the first week of the month, People have, or the first week of the year, people have New Year's Day resolutions on their mind. They are prepared to take action in their life. There is no better week in the entire year for in, in, in instigating action in people's lives, including people taking in, making investments, than this week right now. This is the week of the entire year to get people to select you as the person that takes them by the hand through the course of the year. Okay. And so I believe that if, if we were to look at something, if we were to split your business into long-term versus short-term, short-term revenue says maximize those six-week sales. Long-term revenue says raise your prices, do whatever split testing you want to do. I've never really split test on raising prices the way that you've done, nor the way that I'm suggesting to you. I've always just raised them across the board and found that, that total revenue goes up after about three to four weeks. After that, if you're not getting new blood in, total revenue begins to go down over time unless you have a membership that you can take people that aren't buying at the high price and get them into the membership and or a sporadic low price type of thing that generates high conversions. You know, a couple things, one of the things you and I talked about six weeks ago or so was this idea of, of some marketers out there who rotate prices. So the first week of the month, they've got a $1,000 program. Second week of the month, they have a $500 program. Third week of the month, it's $200. Fourth week of the month, they're promoting the membership. And then they start all over again. And so what happens is the $1,000 program, they get buyers, but they also build up the value of their work for the rest of the month. 
and then people can, yeah, the value is great, but I can't swing $1,000. Okay, great. Next week, I have an amazing program that's $500, and at the end of the week, it's three payments of 180 And then the following week, you say we've continued to build up value. We've continued to build up value, but the following week, we say, okay, you still haven't invested. Now we've got a $197 training program or three payments of $69. And then finally, for everybody that did not participate and make purchases, we've got a membership. It's 30 or 40 or $50 a month. And again, it's got amazing, amazing, amazing value. And, when you, and I'm not suggesting that for you, but I am simply linking the discussion that we had to that to the concept, the psychological concept that, that you're looking at going into maximizing the revenue primarily on your non-IM website here. Okay. Yeah, that gives me good food for thought. Thanks, Sean. Excellent. You're welcome. Uh, Serena, you're next. Hi, Sean. Hi, uh, Serena. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, and you as well. Um, I have two very specific, simple questions and one uh, a little larger, um, uh, sort of either philosophical or theoretical kind of question. Let's, uh, let me ask the, the simple ones first. Um, one is that you some time ago recommended a hosting service that you use. I couldn't locate the email that you sent that, but I remember you saying that it costs a little bit more, but it's much better and you use it. So I'm looking for that. Is there some way that either you can give me, you know, when you attend it, or, or it, could you give it to me on the phone now, or is that is that okay? Hello? Yeah. WordPress engine. I'm sorry. Um, something happened with the uh, the voice. I couldn't catch it. My, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now, Serena? Pardon me. Can anybody? Can yes. Can you hear me, Serena? Uh, it's kind of the 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 volume level is kind of going up and down, so I'm not sure. Uh, Let me I'm open the to see if I see anything on my here? side, but uh, everybody else hear me or not? Can I have some feedback on this, please? I can hear you, Sean. It's, okay. it's well, coming it's in and out, Sean. I, I can now. Okay, great. Yeah, it's, I, it's I also. I, part of it is we're talking over each other, so it's WordPressEngine.com, WPEngine.com, and if you're still not okay. hearing that then shoot my assistant an email and we'll get that to you. What's your second question? Um, I'm right now using MailChimp for my uh, email and I'm having some trouble with it. Is there, other than Infusionsoft, which is too expensive for me right now, is there some other thing that you can recommend? GetResponse and AWeber are, are okay. the low-priced standards in the marketplace. Okay. All right. That's fine. Thank you. Uh, I'll go check them out. Uh, now to my um, bigger uh, and overall kind of question. Um, in your 45-day coaching course, you talked about how uh, you need to do multiple things every day. And then um, now and other times you've talked about how just taking only one thing at a time. 
and getting it done. Uh, so I'm having a little bit of a confusion there about integrating these two concepts and when one is right and when the other is right. But uh, uh, let me uh, also tell you how I solved it for myself, and maybe that's not exactly what you meant, so maybe you can help me understand it better. Uh, I'm not just sticking with one goal, very much like uh, there are multiple things that need to be done in, in everything that we do. Uh, so what I've done basically is I have like three goals rather than one goal. And what I'm doing is every day um, specific things and each of those three things that I will be doing. So I'm allocating some time, you know, one hour, I'm going to do this particular goal, this specific thing for this goal. And then, uh, you know, another hour, another time, I'm taking the second goal and saying this specific thing is what I'm going to accomplish. So that's kind of how I resolved it in my mind, but I'm not quite sure if that is what you would recommend or you're just simply saying just take one goal because I find some dead time. Like when I write an email to my list, you know, that part is done for that day. So until they respond or they take the offer or something else happens or new people come on the list, there's not a whole lot I can do in that area of nurturing my customers. Uh, so I end up going to, let's say, looking for, like I mentioned to you before, my TV show guests. I'll, I'll go look for, okay, who do I call, who do I look for, and so on. So that'll take some time. So this is kind of how I'm organizing my work. Am I on the right track or am I misunderstanding you about one goal at a time versus multiple goals? Okay, so there's many, many ways that you can achieve your goals, and, and, and each person has to figure out what works best for you. So let me ask you this. Is your current method working for you to achieve your goals in the time frame in which you have requested yourself to achieve your goals? Uh, I would say it's working about 85 to 90% of the time. Because sometimes I just feel like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I'm I'm trying to cut that down as much as I can. So it's it's quite successful, but I wouldn't say I have 100% compliance. I have I'm, I have pretty good compliance, is how I would honestly put it. Excellent. So I wouldn't change anything. I think 85 to 90% compliance is is good. Here here's what I envision, and this is what I do in my this is basically what I do in my business. I've got a big project that I'm working on. That's the very first priority of every day. But inside of my business, I have like 18 things that have to be done, not necessarily every day. Maybe it's 16 instead of 18. There's a number of things that need to be done. Those are all batched together in, say, a 45-minute session at the end of my working time. And, and so that's not part of my goals for the year. That's the daily. That's like my brushing my teeth and showering every morning. It's just part of my schedule. And so those things don't really fit into um, some big goal. I've got one big goal, and then I may spend some time working on some little things that need to be done, like writing my daily email, like doing this call, like coaching clients, like creating a training program, uh, like working on some software. All of those things still have to be done, even though I have one big goal. So just like in our personal life, let me say your personal life this year, your goal is your big goal for the whole year is to lose 30 pounds and become a little stronger, add some muscle. That's your big goal. But that doesn't mean that you're going to stop washing the floor, you're not going to stop going to work, you're not going to stop talking to other people because you have one big goal. But 
that one big goal is the number one biggest priority in your personal life. And you, you, because it's a commitment, you organize your day in such a way that you'll eat properly, and that is the number one priority. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I, I, Excellent. Great. Thank you, Tom. You're very welcome. Uh, Don, you're live. Hey, Sean. Um, my big goal is really a ministry goal. It's not a money-making goal. So my plan was to do other work to support that, to be able to do that work. But my aha this morning is maybe that's 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 the way to never get there. It sure wasn't the way to get there last year. So maybe what I need to do is go ahead and set my big goal as my big goal and let the other things fall into place as they may. Does that make sense? Well, that makes sense, Don. That makes sense, Don. Um, given everything I know about everything you've got going on, um, I I don't I don't know. I mean, this is just an aha moment right now, and I know that you usually need some time to dwell on things and think about them and work them through. So I'm 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 a little scared to give you a knee jerk reaction to an aha moment. Um, I, I'm, I'm concerned that this just falls right back into the old pattern of, you know, we talked about two weeks ago about some direction, and then last week there was new direction, and now there's an aha moment today that leads to new direction, and then if we're not careful, next week is going to lead to more new direction, and that is really scary for me to think that that could be happening. Now, if this is the once-all, be-all, this is the big goal, and the secondary goal is going to be to reorganize your business so that it does a better job of providing for you financially so that you can do the big ministry goal and organize your life in such a way that, that you're getting more out of the time that you're putting into your work so that you can have more time off of work. And if that can all look like a big picture together, then that sounds really exciting, but as I say it all, that sounds like an awful big order. So, I, Don, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to give you a clear answer. Like I gave Serena a clear answer, and I gave Kristen – I didn't give Kristen a clear answer, but I gave her the exact food for thought that she can create a clear answer. I'm a little scared of trying to give you a clear answer. I think this is something you need to think on the next few days and, and ask yourself if this is – this is really the direction that you should be going, or if this is more of a brainstorm lightning flash than than a, a um, than a aha moment. And, and I'm not shooting it down, but I am saying that I think that if you're going to do that, you, you're going to have to commit to that and say I'm going to make the other things work. If you, if you if you do that now in the third week in January, now you're like oh wow I can't pay my bill so I'm going to quit doing it all. You might as well just take a vacation for the next two weeks because you're going to waste your time the next two weeks trying to make this a priority. You you lost a lot of time, Don, last year starting new things. And if you'd have taken all of that time that you spent starting new things and put it all laser-focused on one thing, you'd probably have something real going on in your business today. And so what what how does that sound, Don? Well, you're absolutely... Absolutely correct, Sean. And, and um, 
I'm thinking what I'll do is map it out and and uh, put that down in the forum for the other forum members to to maybe take a look at and and uh, and pitch in on. But also just mapping it down. I tend to be the kind of guy that that when I get things down into a schematic or or something, they tend to fall into place better. So I'll do that rather than keep you on the line right now. All right. Let Sounds me, good, Donna. Of course, we can talk let, about it next week as well. Let me throw in one more thing. Serena asked about a, an email uh, autoresponder. There's a new one that I've been testing called DRIP, and the address is getdrip.com, D-R-I-P. And it has the closest to what I've seen is the closest to an Infusionsoft sort of ability to map things out, but it's at a get response sort of price. So that's worth checking out for sure. Well, I'm sure Serena thanks you for sharing that, Don. I'm going to take Bruce next. Bruce, you are my final caller. Merry Christmas, Sean. Belatedly, um, thanks for the um, insights on your training this morning. I think my question is very similar to Serena's, and I think you mostly tried to answer that. Um, I've read the one thing some time ago, so rereading it's going to help a lot, I think. Um, my problem in in trying to get things done is I've always, which has not worked for me, I've had compartments or groups of um, a goal for my um, uh, online business, a goal for my uh, offline business, a goal for um, my relationship with my wife, a goal for uh, uh, the dogs and the, brain, and the breeding training program, and I start working on one, and I make progress, and then a fire happens on one of the other ones, and I have to go work on that. So I, I start. I, I can't. I, I fail to stay focused on one until I get the project completed. And I didn't. Um, um, I didn't know what your thoughts might be on trying to break that cycle. Well, Bruce, just for some background. And I, I, I'm hearing some confusion as I talked today about this one thing concept. And I've also talked in the past about finding a way to get four things done each day. And I think that there's, there's some confusion there. Here's the thing. As we go through our day, we have to figure out what works for us. We can't just rely on, on somebody else's system. And I'm not saying that as much to you as I am to everybody else. I, I want, when I share what I'm getting ready to share with you, I want it to be clear for everybody. There are time periods in my business where I'm working on 10 things every day. And I do it for a period of time because those are the 10 things that need to be done. And in two weeks, they're all done. And then instead of falling into the trap of doing busy work for the rest of my life because I'm in this pattern of doing 10 things every day, I break the pattern and I say, okay, great, for the next two weeks, I'm just doing one thing. So sometimes I've got a huge project. I remember when I was writing the book. I, and sometimes if I'm creating a new project, I, earlier this last month I was working on a new big project, and I will wake up 
and for my entire working session, that's all I'll work on for three days in a row. I may work 20 hours on one thing, and when my wife goes to bed, I'll work on it for four or five hours, and I'll go to bed at midnight and get up at 5 o'clock the next morning and start working on it again. Now, is that the recipe for a brilliant business that, that really takes care of itself and runs long run? No. You can't run a business like that. You'll, you'll burn out. You, you'll miss things. People get mad because you're not doing customer service. So, we, so that, that's not long run. But for short term, it's like when you were in college and you had to finish a paper. You, you had a big, uh, you know, you're getting ready to go for the vet boards. You know, you do, for a whole month, all you do is study. Is that how you can live the rest of your life? No. But is that what it takes to make this project happen? Yes. And so I rotate, Bruce, between doing a big project and putting everything I have into it, and then I'll have some days where I'm doing the six or eight things that happen in my business, but my most productive time periods are when I do both. So if I start working at 7 in the morning, from 7 to 9, I'm working on a big project. I don't open email. I don't let any any gripers or complainers infect my mind because, I mean, that's usually what happens when you open email. People normally, the normal reason people send you an email is to gripe about something. And so it's like the gripe box. So I don't open the gripe box up at 7 o'clock in the morning when I'm starting to work. I'm going to work on my big project, whatever it is. If I'm recording something, if I'm writing something, if I'm strategizing, whatever. So from 7 to 9 or 9.30, that's my big project. Once the big project's done, then I may say, okay, I've got to write my daily email. I've got to go to the gripe box. I've got to go uh, do this. I've got to do this. And so I'll say, okay, I'm going to do all those things in an hour. So then when all of those things are done, I can say, okay, I can quit for the day, or I've got another project. And so what, what might work for you, Bruce, is to say from 7 to 9 every day, I'm going to do my big project. From 9 to 2, I'm going to see clients. That's my offline. You know, from, from 2 to 4, I'm going to work on the new, the new clinic or the new dog training program that is it's offline, but it's not part of seeing clients. And then, obviously, from 8 to 10 in the evening, I'm going to spend with the family or whatever. And I find that it works better for me to split time up. So I don't share my work time with my wife. I work, and she does something of her own. But when, when, when I have wife time, I don't work during that period of time. That's our time. And so that way we don't we're – not, we're not bleeding together all the different things. And, and I used to do that even when I was in the offline world. My offline world, I did my job. When my job was done, I did not think about my job until the next day. Then if I went to school, I'd work at school. If I was relationship, it's relationship. So a lot of people can multitask and do 10 things at a time. I can't. So I do one thing all the way and then do another thing all the way. Does that give you, does that give you any insight on a change that you might be able to make in your own schedule to, to get more done and break out of that cycle? Yes, Sean, I think it does. I think it will help a lot. I, um, just those examples, I think I can cross-apply to um, the different drawers that I need to keep track in my life. Thank you very much. Excellent. Well, you're, you're very welcome. All right, folks, with that, we're going to go ahead and close up. And obviously, with the questions that we heard today, I think what Bruce asked really allowed us to cap this all off very much completely. Because the truth of the matter is we can't just work on one thing all the time and let everything else go. But at the same time, we can't just do everything else all the time. We'll never get our goals accomplished. And the, the big idea with this training was to say, 
instead of having 10 big goals, have one big goal, but you still got to run your business. You still got to have your family. You still got to do the various things. And so part of your day is going to be, you know, some of you may need to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and from 3 to 6 before the rest of the family wakes up. That's your writing time, your strategy time, or whatever. And maybe you take a nap in the afternoon or go to bed a little bit earlier or go TV, whatever. And everybody's going to be different. Everybody's going to be different, but there's a time period where you're just focused on your one big thing, and then the rest of your day, you're doing all of the other things that are that are important. So with that said, folks, we'll go ahead and wrap up. I, I recommend to you that you really internalize what I gave you today. It may not be the perfect plan for you. We all have to figure out what works for us, but we can't use that as an excuse to say, well, these things won't work for me. It only works one way. Look at the results of the last year is the fruit of doing it your one way, giving you the results that you want. And if it didn't work last year, it's probably not going to work this year. And if, But if it did work, you keep doing what worked. But if, if doing things a certain way didn't work last year, it's probably not going to work this year. So you need to shake some things up. And it may not be exactly the way that I share, but you do need to have a plan for shaking things up. And then if, if your plan is to say, you know, hey, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to defy Sean. I'm going to prove him wrong. Great, prove me wrong, but if on April 1st you're, you're horribly behind and you realize it's not going to work, you've got to be humble enough to say, uh, it didn't work, now we're going to go a different way. It doesn't have to be my way, but I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to find a way to make this happen. I'm not going to wait until next year when it's time to do New Year's resolutions all over again.